You are listening to the Phenom World Football Show on the Phenom Media Podcast Network, powered by the most passionate young sports analyst in the game. If you're looking for creative, informative, and high-quality sports content, you've come to the right place. Phenom Media boasts a team of over 100 youth contributors from around the world, covering every sport on every media platform. Make sure to follow Phenom on TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter, as well as all of the Phenom podcast channels for daily content. The link tree in the episode description includes a direct link to all of the aforementioned platforms, so click on that to access everything. If you enjoy the episode, make sure to subscribe and leave a positive review so more people can discover the podcast. Now, let's get to the show. Hi everyone, welcome to the Phenom World Football Show. My name is Siddhartha Sai and I'm joined here by Alan and Samarth. So let's get right into this. Uh, recently, we had the, uh, the Champions League draw. Um, and so, Alan, Samar, uh, let's you know, talk to you guys. What matchups are you guys really looking to, uh, you know, are, are you looking to be the, the big games that, you know, we should be watching? So I'm looking at uh, Barcelona PSG. That's going to be an interesting game. First of all, we see the Messi Neymar reunion. That's definitely up there. But on top of that, Barcelona in a struggling form. Today they tied 2 2 against Valencia. That two winner comeback. And PSG, they did lose Neymar, but he's hopefully going to be back by then. Back by February, he's going to be back. Mbappe's playing great. Moise Keane's playing great. That's definitely going to be the matchup to look out for. Um, my matchup would be uh, Chelsea and Atletico. Um, Atletico, you know, they're well-known very defensively. And Chelsea, you know, someone like uh, Kai Havertz, like, he's kind of struggling still. But, like, um, obviously they spent a lot of money on the offensive side. And it's going to be like an offensive versus defensive kind of battle. And I'm really interested in seeing that. And we're going to see the tactics uh, from, um, you know, the famous Diego Simeone. And I kind of want to see how the – um, ta- tactics-wise, it's going to form out for both teams. Yeah, you know, I definitely agree. That's going to be an interesting matchup. Uh, Dortmund-Sevilla is also another one. Dortmund currently just fired their coach, and they, yesterday they lost 2-1, 2 And Sevilla are doing great still. Uh, they're the Europa League. You're they're the former Europa League winner is now playing in the round of 16 for the UCL. That's another matchup, too. And I just want to highlight um, the city munching gladback game. People are saying, oh, City have an easy uh, game again, easy tie again, just like the past few years. But what Mönchengladbach have done against the likes of Madrid, Shakhtar, and Inter is phenomenal. This season in the UCL, they've been absolutely amazing how Playa and the others have just um, supported the whole team and scored goals in great fashion too. That's going to be another interesting game, especially since City struggling. Aguero still hasn't got into a game yet. Interesting game to see there. I agree there. Um, I think that the a lot of people are underestimating them. And, uh, you know, I think that City's going to still have to bring their A game if they want to come out on top and get through. Um, so, 
I mean, the other games are really just Bayern, Lazio, Bayern are still the current favorites. I can still see them winning. I don't really see any other teams really competing against them. Liverpool, Leipzig. Leipzig are doing great in the Bundesliga. Not talked about enough. Liverpool, another 7-0 victory today. That should be a that should be an interesting game too. Juventus, Porto. I mean, Juventus still somewhat struggling, still very reliant on Ronaldo, but Porto shouldn't be too much of difficulty. Real Madrid, Atalanta. Well, with rumors saying that Papu Gomez is going to leave Atalanta and Madrid doing amazing in both the league and the UCL in the last few games, that should also be a runaway for Real. So, um, taking away from all of that, um, who do you guys think will be the favorite? Like, I think it's Bayern. Uh, Samar, you just said it's Bayern. Um, mm-hmm. Sid, what about you? Um, I'm, I've got to give it to Bayern. They've been in incredible form and they haven't let up in a really long time. You know, uh, Flick. Lewandowski, Flick's been amazing as a coach, you know, Lewandowski and, uh, you know, the, the entire team has been, you know, top form um, and I don't see that stopping for any, you know, at any point. Um, it's going to take uh, one, hell of a, one hell of a team to really, you know, stop them in their tracks, uh, but I really do not see them losing here in Europe. Okay, and um, Samarth, um, you haven't, obviously we haven't talked about Bayern at all in the podcast right now but like before a couple of weeks ago maybe a week ago or something like you said how defensively you know um Bayern isn't the same and you think um because of that they they won't win the Champions League but now it seems like it's the same old Bayern again they're just dominating they're just so good they're too overpowered yeah defensively I feel like with Nicolas Sule he's been a weak link but still, they, with uh, Davies and Theo Hernandez both playing on left, on the left side, Alba, still very experienced, great player. And on the right, still Pavard or Kimmich, um, especially now with injuries, going to be not much of an issue since they have time until February to come back. Uh, Bayern should be amazing, and obviously, they have one of the greatest keepers, Neuer, in the back, so it shouldn't be a problem for them. So just talking about Neuer, Neuer winning the... Um... FIFA men's best uh, goalkeeper recently. Um, so, of course, big congratulations to him and his own teammate, Lewandowski, winning the Player of the Year. Um, so what were your thoughts on those awards um, and the, the, the best 11 uh, that FIFA named and the Coach of the Year, which obviously sparked some controversy? Yeah, I think um, the most talked about one is obviously Coach of the Year. We all know um, Jurgen Klopp won it. And I'm, I'm going to give credit to Jurgen Klopp. I mean, Liverpool, they had a phenomenal season last season. They went almost undefeated the whole Premier League. And um, just like towards the end of the season, it kind of fell off. But overall, they were very dominant. It didn't seem like any team would beat Liverpool. But I feel like Flick, he, he should have won it. it. I mean, Bayern won every trophy they could have won. They even won the FIFA Club World Cup, which is something that only the best of the best can do. You have to win the Champions League and then, you know, reverse the rest of the world, which is very hard. And um, on top of that, it, no one could stop Bayern. Even though Liverpool was very dominant, they, they couldn't even beat Atletico in two legs. And Bayern just a famous 8-2 win against Barcelona. Like, that was crazy. The, everything, they just scored so many goals. They were having fun didn't seem like anyone could stop them. So I feel like Flick deserves the award 100%. Yeah, and especially coming from a loss, having that 5-1 loss to Mainz. And since then, 
uh, flicks won more trophies than he's had losses. He that that seemed like an award that he was robbed of, really, and possibly winning a sixth trophy later on, and completing the sixth trophy cabinet, which only Barcelona have done. Yeah, I think you guys covered it basically, you know, perfectly. They, uh, I think that FIFA really robbed him of the trophy that he 100% deserved. Uh, so then, moving forward to the um, to the best eleven. Uh, what were you guys' thoughts on you know those picks? A lot of them seem to be safe picks. Um, you know, in terms of most of them, I think Allison winning, you know, taking the goalkeeper role, but Neuer winning the uh, best goalie. I felt was a little bit of a, a weird situation there. I think that they were both two really good keepers, but I didn't really see how one would win one award and the other wouldn't. Um, what were your thoughts there? Yeah, um, I agree with you, Sid. I think the whole squad, like the FIFA World Eleven, I think it was pretty solid. I, I, I wouldn't think there was any like um, controversial picks. I think it was very clear. The goalkeeper one, yeah, I still don't understand the concept of that. I don't know how Neuer could be the goalkeeper of the year and then Allison is in the 11 of the year. I, I don't get her. I don't get that concept. And yeah, that was my take around it. Yeah, same. That was very controversial or just surprising, really, to see him. As far as the other places, midfield seems really stacked. Kimmich, De Bruyne, Thiago. Defense also, Van Dyke Ramos deserved. And Davies and Alexander are absolutely phenomenal, both of them at their respective positions. And front three, obviously, you have Messi and Ronaldo dominating for 14 times. And Lewandowski, very well-deserved, phenomenal season, phenomenal year overall. Talking about Lewandowski, of course, uh, player of the year. You know, I think that there's no doubt in my mind that he deserved that more than, you know, anyone else on that short list. Um, and I think going in, it was kind of seeing that if he didn't win that, then it was very clear that this award was, you know, it was not a fair award show. Um, and, you know, rightfully so, he deserved it. You know, coming off of a year that he, uh, you know, he, he made headlines and he did, you know, something that most players have never done, will never do. I think that he's he played out of his mind and, you know, he, he deserved that 100%. I mean, as concerning just one position, I'd say maybe Neymar wasn't included, either at left wing or even possibly in the midfield, especially he had three toe trophies. Uh, Champions League finalist, great season, avoided injuries really, and phenomenal year. That was maybe the only other player I could really think of that wasn't included. And I mean, I, I guess that really covers up the FIFA World Men's World Eleven, and the FIFA's best award show. Uh, why don't we move on to the leagues? We can start off with the Prem. Yeah, so um, today, uh, Mo Salah, he came in, came in for today. Um, Liverpool destroyed, absolutely obliterated Crystal Palace. And Salah, showing his class, came in in the 50th minute. He didn't even play from the beginning. And he scored two goals around the 80th minute. He's obviously world-class. You know, we've seen that already. And he's now leading the um, Prem Golden Boot Race at 13 goals with um, Calvert-Lewin who scored today, but it was called off as an own goal. So now he's at 11 and he's still playing right now, I think. And Hungman Son with 11 goals. Who do you guys think will win the um, golden boot race? It's very tight. And um, personally, maybe not 
maybe biased, but I think um, Sony is going to win the award with maybe around topping off at around high 20s because this season has just been very, very um, high with all the goals. Like we've got already 6-1 Tottenham, 7-0 Crystal Palace, 7-2 Aston Villa. There's just goals. It's just goals galore. So I think, um, yeah, Sonny will end up around high 20s. But Salah, I think, yeah, he'll definitely come around there too. I think that uh, 100% Son and Salah up there, you know, both of their teams, uh, you know, top of the table and they're not disappointing with goals. Um, so I think that there's going to be a lot of goals that are going to be scored and it's going to come down to the wire between those two. Um, I think, you know, Son's in great form um, and, you know, with, with Kane there too, um, you know, I think that both of them are going to be, you know, making sure that Salah has a run for his money and is not going to be running away with this award. I think right now, you know, a little early still, you know, just 13 games in. Um, but I think that 100% this one's going to come down to the wire and it's going to be probably Salah or Son taking home the title. Yeah, I definitely agree on that too. Salah, just phenomenal. People were um, saying, oh, one season wonder. But no, he's really proved that he's really one of the best not just uh, for Liverpool, one of the best African players of all time, and can possibly even become one of the best ever in the Prem. And sting, sticking with the Prem, um, the top of the table getting really interesting here. Uh, Everton currently, as the results stand, would move second, uh, going past Tottenham, which by just one point, Man U can later on also possibly go second if the goal differential, if they can beat the goal differential. Um, besides that. Chelsea sitting at eight, kind of surprising, especially how they started off and everyone was praising them, but they haven't gotten the results against teams like Liverpool, Tottenham, or Man U, which has been kind of surprising. What do you guys think on that? Um, so for the Chelsea one, yeah, they still haven't played. They're, they're not well with the top 10 teams right now, any team they're going against. So I feel like they're, gonna, they're not going for the Prem title this year. I think they're going to aim for top four, even though, you know, they they're they've been doing well. It's just I don't think they're consistent enough to supply for the to um aim for the prem. And for um yeah, it's it just shows how crazy the season has been, especially when you see the table right now. It's like really weird. Everton there and then Southampton, who's also like just been having a really great season under um sorry, who's their manager? Southampton's. I don't know say his name. But yeah, no, he's done really. He's done a really great job. That's that's true. And I just yeah, feel, yeah, um, doing such a great job. It's almost like um, Sheffield United uh, last year, and but today they did suffer the one nil loss to Man City, which was I wouldn't say too surprising, especially since we know what City's capable of. And but today, once again, City didn't have a proper striker. Had Ferran Torres playing up top, which was an interesting tactic from uh, Pep Guardiola, but. I still think Southampton can really challenge for that top four unless we see some drastic decline, which, I mean, we do see usually after Christmas. So, who knows? Very interesting season this year. I mean, you know, coming back to that Southampton City game, I mean, it was not a game that was, you know, blown open when it was one-sided, you know, City to, you know, they had, you know, five shots on target all game compared to, you know, Southampton. They, they managed to put three on target. Um, and position the possession split was 52 to 48 uh, city 
with only, you know, 45 more passes in the entire game. So it wasn't like this was one-sided towards City. It was definitely uh, a good game. And, you know, I, uh, again, you know, Southampton's been playing really well. And if they can keep up this form, you know, we could see them breaking, you know, uh, pretty high up there on the table. I'm yeah, definitely looking at uh, European spot. And um, so one more surprising fact is um, Arsenal having not the best season. I think it's their worst start in over 60 years. And they are at the moment 15th right now. Um, what are your guys' thoughts on this club right now? The, are they in a crisis? Like, what's the situation? I think that they're definitely going to need a rebuild. Um, you know, of course, I think that there's some stuff that you can put down to, you know, just form of players. You know, their their prize striker has been absolutely horrendous this season. And I think that that's going to be a question of whether, you know, there's a bounce back coming or not. Um, I think that there is. He's, you know, he's going to be able to get stuff back on track. Alba's, you know, one of the best and he can do it. Um, but I think that right now they're really going to have to get everything under control. Um, you know, 15th is not a spot you want to be this late in the season. You're now starting to approach Christmas break. Um, and if you're still in 15th, this is where problems start to arise. Right now down 2-1 to Everton as we speak. Um, you know, another game where they could just, you know, lose it. Um, I think that they really need to get stuff on track, and they are definitely in a crisis right now. So do you guys think it's mostly the players or Arteta's manager's managerial style that's really bringing them down, Arteta or um, the players? I personally think it's really unfair to judge Arteta at the moment because I just feel like it, the for Arsenal, um, it's the players. It's clearly the players. The discipline. Oh, okay. I'll give Arteta – I'll blame Arteta for the discipline. Right now, Arsenal have over, like, four red cards this season. That That is not acceptable at a pro level. Arteta needs to fix that. And I think just something around the locker room is definitely not going well. Um. Yeah, it's definitely the players because people like Aubameyang and Lacazette, they need to step up right now. Aubameyang has only like three goals this season so far and like one from open play. They need to step up. They don't have a true captain. It's like I feel like every game they always have a new captain. They need a leader somewhere to step up on the field and show them. I mean, if as a Tottenham fan, I have to be honest, Arsenal, it's historically, it's a prestigious club. They, they need to get back up or could possibly be a lead situation. Yeah, no, definitely, yeah. And people are already saying maybe, who knows, maybe relegation battle. But as of now, I don't know. I still think Arsenal can bring it up. Their players, they do have the class. They have the money still to maybe bring in someone. January transfer window, who knows? Who knows how Arteta is going to see the current crisis and how he's going to react to it. Clearly, he's not been doing so well. But, yeah, it's still more of the players to blame, for me at least that even their best player, Aubameyang, not just being able to score. Last year, we were just doing it for fun. This year, just some, the something shift. Who knows? Maybe a problem in the club. Maybe the owners, the board, something shift. We wanted to come back a bit to uh, Chelsea that we were discussing a little earlier. I think that, you know, high expectations for the club this year with all of their moves in that window. What do you guys think about the fact that they haven't really been performing up to expectations and, you know, they 
of course, not really up to expectations. And I think that, you know, in terms of that, I think we should have expected a bit of some time as everyone kind of got used to it. But now we're you know, starting to look, you know, we're now five months into the season. They've gotten some time together. And, you know, now they're coming off of, you know, two losses to the Wolves and Everton, both away, but, you know, two losses all the same. Uh, you know, what do you guys think about them? Uh, and what should they be looking for in their game tomorrow against, uh, sorry, on Monday against West Ham? Um, I personally think uh, they just need to step up the players. You know, Havertz, obviously, it's not, you know, he's just still getting used to it. You know, I think it's harsh to just judge people like players right after just only, what, 10 games into the season as a new player into the league. We need to let players um, just find their path and just let them grow and give them time. Um, I still think, for example, like Nicholas Pepe from Arsenal, 72 million price tag, and he has not been doing well at all in so far in his career. But we still need to give these players time. And yeah, just like, and Pulisic coming from injury for Chelsea, he, he, he needs to be given time again. And I think he Pulisic, he will you know, come back and have us, he'll end off pretty well at the end of the season. And for Chelsea, just overall, they just need to be given time. I mean, I feel like it's a completely new squad compared to last year. They just need to mold in and I think they'll do well and maybe, you know, aim for the Premier League title for next year while they aim top four this year. Yeah, and going back to your Kai Havertz point, I just feel um, at, at his previous team, he was playing more so as a cam or playing at that attacking role, maybe almost like a second striker, false nine in a way. <clears throat> this time he's been playing all over the field, really. At one point he was playing almost under the left back position, which was very surprising from what Lampard was doing, playing him at right wing or playing him as left on the left side and just finding that rhythm that he needs in a consistent position. Is isn't, something it, oh, Lampard sorry, has. Um, isn't it also the same for Timo Werner? He's just playing like at a random position right now. And it's yeah, just that's playing also, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's, yeah, he's used to playing in that maybe a 4-2-3-1 system as a main striker rather now being shifted out to the left either because he's trying because Lampard's trying to bring in either Tammy Abram or Oliver Giroud who Giroud has been absolutely amazing this season so it makes sense why but if Timo Werner was supposed to be brought in as their main striker he has to be given that responsibility Lampard has to figure something out either switch formations switch some tactics up or you have to drop one of the players. And I mean, I think besides the Prem, the other leagues, La Liga is also very interesting. La Liga and Serie A. What do you guys think of the La Liga situation with Atletico's on the top with a game in hand with rivals Real Madrid and three games um, in hand against Real Sociedad, who are currently playing? Because for me, I mean, Simeone has done an absolute wonderful job here. And the other teams, Real Madrid struggling, had a loss, had some draws. Sociedad also had a few draws, didn't get all three points. So it's going to be very interesting to see how Atletico Madrid, if they can keep up this pace with 29 points in 12 matches. And sure, they did suffer the Madrid derby loss, but the game in hand, that's going to be very um, interesting to see. And Barcelona, fifth place. It's very disappointing to see such a team like this. Even as a Madrid fan, you have to say Barcelona, one of the biggest teams in the world, not just right now in the last 20, 30 years, one of the biggest teams since the 90s. 
and only 21 points out of a 30 out of possible 39 four losses an embarrassing El Clasico loss so what's your take on the La Liga table as of now um as it's heating up it's going to be a really interesting race um I think Atletico will have the edge or def it's going to be a battle between Atletico and Madrid um two great clubs and someone the player I would like to factor out for um Atletico is uh Yao Felix um he has been excellent this season. Last year, he was just, it was meh. And especially because as a new player, he's coming into a very defensive, um, defensively formed squad. And he's just getting adjusted. He's adjusting to it. And now he's finally adjusted. And he's, it seems like the goals and all the assists are finally coming in. So, you know, big up for, um, um, big congrats for uh, Felix. And um, yeah, I don't really know too much about La Liga, to be honest, but for the race, um, yeah, I think it's going to be a really good one. Barcelona has been a big disappointment this year. Uh, everyone expected them to really show up, um, and they're not. Um, you know, they, they're they a pretty solid team. Uh, they have been, and I think it's just a question of management um, and, you know, how they're going to, you know, really manage the their front office and all of that stuff. Because, you know, really soccer is, you know, in the end, it's a game about the players. It's a game about the people on the pitch. And it's right now, it's not really shaping up that way for Barcelona. They're, they look really bad out there. Um, and I think that they really need to get their, their, they really need to get their shit together if they want, you know, this to work. Yeah, as a Madrid fan, I really can't say um, much. I can't, I, I'll just say I'm not happy really about Barcelona's current situation. But still, I feel... It's not the manager's fault, really. Coleman, he's still trying to find a place. He's still trying to find how to get this whole team to work. I mean, on, one of the best players uh, this year in Barcelona's team has to be Sergio Dest, who I think we're all proud of. He has been him being an American and him representing uh, one of the biggest clubs in Europe. So he's a bright talent. He's the future, really, of America, along with others like Pulisic, McKinney. And so let's see how that goes with Dest and the others. Okay, so now just wrapping up um, the Premier League season, um, we all know that recently West Brom fired their manager and they hired um, Big Sam to save them from relegation zone. Um, obviously, there's going to be – who do you guys think um, will be the next uh, manager to get sacked? For me, it's got to be Arteta. I just I, – I don't know. I just think that for such a club of their prestige, I just don't see any – anything that's going wrong, anything that's going right with the club right now. And it's got to be Arteta. The players, sure, you can maybe assess, um, let some of them go. Like, they already did that with Ozil. I feel like that was a really bad move. They integrated midfielder. That's obvious. Haven't done that. And besides Arteta, maybe, possibly Chris Wilder. But the only hesitation about that is that the uh, Sheffield United board have confirmed that they will stick with him and saying that, oh, he has proved he has gotten results last year. And so that's, that's, those two are the only two managers I can really think of who are in the hot seat. Yeah, I agree with that there. So with that, uh, I think that we are going to close out this show. So thank you guys all for listening. Um, and we will see you next time on the Phenom Media World Football Show. Thank you. <laughs>